And here's yeah. why I like to ask people about how they handle their successes, because I want to find out if they're humble. I want to find out if they really do care about their teammates, their team members. Do they really respect ownership and leadership? Do they realize that they're a part of an amazing team, right? It'd be like me saying, hey, you know what? I was a self-made boxer. I got to the top because I was willing to grind like nobody else would do. And you know what? That's a crock. Because if it wasn't for Michael Black, it wasn't for all those other guys, Adam Wella, all these other fighters that beat me up every day. I had two guys in college, 178-pounder Don Francesconi and Donnie Cole, 139. And I was fighting at 112, so they beat me up every day. And I guarantee you, when I won that title and got my hand raised, and I was on HBO, I've been telling you, those guys were part of that championship. Yeah, they were on your mind when they ask you, like, who do you give credit to, or like, who do you owe this to, or whatever, how do you feel? Yes. I want to give thanks to my team, my coaches, yes. everyone that helped me get to where I am today. Yeah. Not, I, I did everything <laughs> I love. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like somebody says they're a self-made millionaire. That's, that, that's not true. There are so many other people that you had surrounded yourself that had input. It's the old African proverb, right? You can go fast alone, but you can go further together. Yeah. And that's a great, that's a greater feeling. Uh, and, and, the, and the aspect of, of humility is, is an absolute must virtue if you're going to succeed in any business endeavor. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Dan Prado, motivational speaker and coach. Thank you so much for joining me. Is there any other way you would describe yourself? You know, I, I do a lot, of, a lot of things under one umbrella, but uh, specifically three. So uh, my background in athletics has helped me tremendously into what I do now, inspirational speaking, motivational speaking, meeting with teams, meeting with athletes. And then also I, uh, the mainstay of my income is and has been for 35 years selling high ticket metal cutting equipment to manufacturing companies and, uh, you know, contract machine shops. Then I also do the next best thing, which is kind of cool. I uh, just really meet up winners with winners and I'm a 10% broker. I'm a strategic part sourcing guy. So I'll take products from the aerospace industry, semiconductor, uh, oil and gas, et cetera, et cetera. And I hook that up with those shops and they pay me uh, 10% uh, residuals on those uh, as long as I have that client in there. So it's great. And, and you know, what's kind of interesting is that industry led me into the motivational speaking. It really did. It, it kind of segued into it. And uh, I don't know if you could say it was accidentally. I think it was always meant to be. I just needed to find out when I was going to do it, right? And it took a few people to encourage me to do it. And a lot of my customers used to tell me, hey, I don't know what you eat and what you drink, but I want some of it and I want some of my team people in my company to have it yes and that's what i it hit me and i went that's it that's it people need to be inspired they need to be empowered and so you know i i go with the philosophy from one of the my guys that i follow uh, ed mylett one of the great influencers out there i got his book behind me called uh, the power of one more and I always think about what he said it's kind of interesting he says you know it's one thing being motivated so you got to have motivation you need to be inspired. So you need inspiration. 
you need to aspire to be more. So you need aspiration. He said, but none of those work unless you have perspiration. (laughs) (laughs) You know, isn't that awesome, Robert? You know, when I hear that, that's the capper. That's like your coach or the leader on your team saying, hey, hey, let me tell you how good it's going to feel when we get there. And then when you actually get there, you go, wow, wow, that was awesome. Glad I went on that journey with you. Hey, but that the, the key part of that journey is hitting a goal is a fabulous thing. And I share that with everybody. But the greatest treasure will always lie in what you had to become in the process of achieving it. Right. I did a little background on you. I love it. I mean, you had a point where you, you had it going. And then, oh, my goodness. Time to restart all over again. Took three years to get it ramped back up. But when you did, look out world, you're smarter. You're a little bit faster. You surround yourself with people that are genuinely uh, want you to succeed and want to be on that team with you. So it's it's an honor and privilege to be on with you this morning. And I'm glad that uh, Dave Acosta yes. connected me with you. Uh, I had a lot of great memories of Dave, you know, from Team Alpha Male. I still speak for them. I go there and meet with the teams when I go into Northern California. So anyway. Good morning yeah. to you. <laughs> Good morning. Yeah. No, it's a pleasure, honor. I'm super into the motivational speaking kind of like lane. I read the books and listen to a lot of, I guess, podcasts, people who yes. are doing, putting the, the positive messages out there. And <clears throat> you got to stay motivated and because it's like a, the long journey you know, and, and we all wake up certain days, maybe, I don't know about you. I'd like to, I do want to know what you eat and what you're, you know, <laughs> what, what, what is different about you that makes, gives you that energy to share it with others, you know, cause it's for me, I sometimes I try, I want to do the same thing. Honestly, I want to be kind of like where, where you're at as far as motivationally speaking to others, inspiring them. And I think I do through my action, but my, just um, messaging is not well it's there because I, I have the story and, and I've read the books and I have a lot of the quotes or you know things that sure but there's something in like internal like probably you might just be born with that you have that you so you're like overflowing in a <laughs> way you yeah know, to share yeah with yeah others. I- yeah, you know, I, I feel I feel what you're saying. I really do. Um, I know, you know, the number one, see, I have a fourfold philosophy in my life. And I uh, was sitting back around 2008, excuse me, maybe 2009 in the backyard, and I'm having a glass of lemon water. Okay. And I was like, man, Danny, come on, man, you know, what, why are you on the face of the earth? You know, you go back to the why, like Simon Sinek, right? Yeah. You know? You know? Yeah, I remember I saw that YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you got to know what your why is, right? So I started, uh, you know, writing down some things. And I started really digesting it. And I thought, you know what? I got it. The number one part of my fourfold philosophy is to empower people to see themselves and others better than they are. Now, that's on the subject you were talking about just a bit ago, right? You're talking about, yeah, you read the stuff. You uh, listen to the quotes, you listen to other people, you want to grow, you aspire that. But certain people have uh, maybe a different way of bringing it out. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, you know, I kind of find a little bit with you. It's kind of nice. I I catch it a little bit. Um, You may just have a a little easier going demeanor. But believe me, 
you have passion that is burning like big time inside. And you've actually let some of that out already. And I bet you, very much like myself, you haven't even begun to let out the rest of it. Yeah. And it's coming. It's coming because I, that's how I look at things. So, and, and, and the way to get to that next step, in my opinion, for everybody listening and viewing is this, you know, get better every day at what you do and then add a little flavor like a good chef does to the recipe, right? Because we're creating recipes and formulas for life. So one is to empower people to see themselves better than they are because they are. Two, to get better every day at what I do. Always the student. School never gets out. Three is to build the very best relationships with people based on true appreciation for them. It's not just what I can get. And last but not least, have fun every day doing what I'm doing. So if you even got a little taste of what I'm, I'm about right now, I do like to find time to laugh and enjoy because I, I heard it the other day. I said, you know, you like Jim Valvano, because the ESPYs had come up and they were talking about that. He says, you know, you wake up in the morning, you be happy, be grateful, have some gratitude, think throughout the day, use your mind, right? Be creative. And last but not least, cry some, cry some, you know, let it out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I thought about that's pretty good. Yeah. I cry. I cry all the time <laughs> over like silly things. I'll be watching a show. We, um, we watched this great American, or great American, great pottery throwdown. It's the do pottery it's on hbo max yeah 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 and yeah. i do pottery with my wife and the the some of the work that they create is so inspiring or or just they put their heart into it and then they, the yes. host will start crying and then i'll start crying <laughs> <laughs> it's a cry fest after that i know and all that is 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 the power of emotion right it's the power of emotion i have found that to be so true in any in any aspect of life, uh, you know, I, I mean, when I was coaching high school wrestling, when I was fighting on the NCAA, I mean, uh, wrestling on the NCAA Division II level, qualifying for the national championships, exciting time of my life, and then boxing for the college and, and winning a national club boxing title on HBO back in 82 is exciting. Wow. And then, and then you go in the golden gloves and I ended up getting trained by a great professional and he picked me apart and he humbled me. I remember coming into, into the gym the first day. Oh, Robert, this is so funny. I come in and his name was Irish Terry Lee Edson from California. He was in the Bay area. And he was a light heavyweight. He actually fought on some of the undercards of Foreman and, and uh, Frazier. Uh, and he fought some great, great fighters in the area. But he had heard about me. So he said, hey, so are you that uh, national collegiate club boxing champion that was on HBO? And uh, you, you, you won the national title at 112 pounds. I said, yeah. He said, hey, can you do me a favor? I heard you're going to come in here and you want to box. Just show me your left hook. So I show him my left hook. And he says, that's absolutely horrible. <laughs> now this is 1982 i guess times have changed quite a bit because back then it was the school of hard knocks coaches told you exactly how it was it's like any leader today that should tell you how it is because i'd rather know that i'm really not good yet so that i can get better instead of somebody lying to me and saying hey you know what you're awesome right now well that may be good to make me feel good for a moment okay now tell me how I can become even more 
awesome and amazing. And so what he did is he he changed my game. He literally turned my game around, would bring in some, uh, we had a lot of professionals would come in and fight in there. And uh, he, he had one guy that was amazing fighter out of Napa, California. His name was Michael Black. And when you look at him, he was super thin. Like, well, you got to think, 112 pounders. Yeah. So we're going to be small anyway. But he, he's a, just an easy, quiet demeanor, blue eyes, blonde hair, looked like a surfer. He's like, how you doing, Danny? He goes, uh, you know, um, Terry asked me to come on and work around, work with you. Now, he had already had 80 amateur fights. He had already been a national champion all through his early years. He's 17 years old. I'm 22 or 23. Boy, was I humbled. And did I get better? So what I found out is that, you know, sharpen the saw. And the way you sharpen the saw is you surround your people, surround yourself with people that are going to take you to areas you've never been before. And that's my whole thing now is I want to take people to areas they've never been before because that's what you're going to find out what you're all about. And in the process of doing that, I find out what I'm all about. I've got a lot of work to do. I'm a work in progress. See, that's the one thing you and I have in common in all of, in the audience is we're all a work in progress. And one of the things that stops us from being successful or, or shooting to be really excellent at certain things is we're afraid and we're afraid of failure mm -hmm. and people fear the things they know the least about. And so I, I believe this sums it up. The one thing that success and failure have in common is they're both temporary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to pass. Yeah. Right. You have a choice. You know, it's Jeffrey Gittimer, one of the tough Northeast sales guys who uh, authored many books. And one of his books is The Little Red Book of Sales. And uh, he says, you know, I come from the Northeast. He says, uh, let me tell you something. They eat you up and spit you out there. He says, if you don't have tough skin. And so what you have to do is develop that tough skin. And you either develop it when something happens to you or you're smart enough to learn from somebody else before it does happen. So that you're ready for it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, that reminds me of the army a little bit, you know, the tough love that they give you during basic training and AIT. I mean, you're talking about the Northeast and they're known for being tough and yeah. to the point and kind of brutal and hard because it's cold, I guess. I'm not sure why. Yeah. I think that's, you know what? I think that's part of it. Oh, Robert, that's funny. Keep going. I, I, I want to hear, hear it. That's I just, I, I, I respond well to that type of kind of communication where they're being tough with you and not so coddling and you step up or you fold. And I grew in those environments, especially in, in the army. I, I didn't join until I was 26 and I was kind of soft, I think, up until that point where I was put in a position to like test myself against my peers and put in a position where someone's yelling at me and telling me I'm never going to make it. And yeah, how are you going to handle that? And I rose to the occasion and those in that environment and it i, I kind of miss it because i don't now i'm the boss and yeah i am yeah. i am nice yeah. i and i don't talk to people too harshly because of the day and age we live in yeah gotta, it's a different world oh there's adjustments for sure oh yeah. yeah oh yeah i do a lot of sales training for uh, com uh companies and uh, i'm working with the team right now and, and that's what's what's happening there's 
I think it's reading, being able to read people's characteristics and what makes some tick and some don't. And that's the beauty of coaching. If you think as a coach you have arrived, you're making a huge mistake. You're going to plateau out and people are, are not going to find a way to connect with you, your athletes, your team members. The other day I was having a talk with a, a leader of a company and he says, I just want to let you know, Danny, I want to be on the same page with you. I said, I do too. He says, you know, I just need to know, let you know my title here is, you know, director of uh, sales. And I said, uh, I want to be very respectful here, but I pulled a little northeast on him. I said, I don't care what your title is. Your title means absolutely nothing. And I say the same to, to me and everybody else. Your title is the ability to empower and lead people and help them gain the knowledge and the trust and the confidence that they convey on a daily basis. So they become more valuable, which leads to success, but most importantly leads to success of other people. Because your job as a leader is to influence and, and get people to join you for the cause, right? And the cause must be just like this. Because this is where human beings feel their very best, Robert, when they're contributing to something worthy and something wholesome. We'll go through a wall if it's worthy and wholesome. But if it's something out of a carniac, we're like, sorry, buddy, I'm getting that one-way ticket. I'm heading home. Yeah. You're, not, you're not the leader that I thought you were, and you're not a leader that I ever want to copy. So uh, this is what I said to the gentleman after we got off the phone. He goes, boy, okay, that makes sense to me, Danny. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And it listen. should. Yeah. Humility. Yeah, don't listen to me because of my title. Listen to me because of my actions and what I'm showing you and how I'm, I mean, like in the army, we, I learned to lead from the front and, you know, yeah, charge yeah. ahead. And if I'm not willing to do it, I'm not going to ask you to do it type thing. So I'm not any better than you. We're both humans. We're both on this journey of life, trying to do the best we can. Yeah. Oh gosh, you you nailed it right there, Robert. Honestly, you 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 hit it right on the head. Um, humble, hungry, and smart. That's a great acronym, and it comes from a great book called The Ideal Team Player, written by Patrick Lencioni. Now, Patrick wrote this book because he made a point to say companies can get to certain levels, but you can't get there without choosing the right people. So there was a criteria. That he used. He said, I didn't care if you graduated from college, Ivy League, uh, you know, Rhodes Scholar. He said, if you didn't have HHS, you're not on my team. Mm -hmm. Humble doesn't mean you think, you know, less of yourself. It just means you think of yourself less often. And hungry means you're always a student and you always want to grow. You always want to grow to another level. And the smart part, he was talking about not so much book smart. He was talking about people smart, reading a room, reading the situation. And, you know, what you get in many companies, and I, when I speak with organizations and leaders, I said there's a huge difference between cooperation and collaboration. Cooperation says, hey, why don't we get along so I at least get something done? Where collaboration says, why don't we work together as a team so we get what has to get done, the key, what we have to get done. That's it. And when you think about it that way, everybody plays a role. Like John Maxwell said in his book, The 17 Indisputable Laws of Teamwork. It's the law of the niche. Everybody on a team has some value to add 
to the company, to the team that leads them to victory. And when you win as a team, that is one of the most amazing feelings in the world. And I compare it to this. I was in individual sports. I loved it. I loved to control as much as I could control. But when I hit a golf shot and if I'm golfing by myself and I go, wow, what a great shot. Nobody was here to see it. Darn it. <laughs> but when you're with the team and you hit a great, you know, you throw an overhand right, put a body combo and your teammates outside the ring are watching it, your coach and you drop this guy and they're like, dude, that was awesome. And you're like, yeah, it was because you did the same thing to me last week in the ring. Remember? That's why I yeah. kept my hand up this time. <laughs> so there's so much we can learn from so many people and you know. Yeah, I'm just as I'm talking to you, I'm thinking how grateful I am to have this opportunity, and I do appreciate again you taking this time. And um, we're oh yeah, it's a pleasure because like I could not be doing the podcast, and I wouldn't be afforded the opportunity to talk to these high achievers. I mean, I've talked to UFC champions and best-selling authors, wow, and now wow. you, and yeah, uh, just getting the energy even transfer the knowledge transfer like what do you do that's different that makes that sets you apart and how can i utilize that and how can i share that with my team and how can, can to make them better because i have a team and they're great and we've been together for about 10 years now and we, i've i've had one guy quit and that was he that actually happened kind of recently and that's unfortunate but in 10 years like no one quit i didn't have to, wow I, I had to fire a couple of people but only a couple because in my experience in the army we you couldn't fire people you had to kind of work with who was on your team and yes so how like you're saying like hire the right people but what do you how do you make the people you have exist you know currently better you know what I mean? Oh, I like this. This is a twofold one here. So I'm going to answer it, Robert. This Please. is good. So what you have is when you meet potential team members, you know in the back of your mind the team members you have now and how they are effectively communicating and achieving things together right? So you already have a bit of a, a, a formula, right? You've got a template and you see it working. Now you, you have to refine it. You have to do, you got to get on the potter's wheel. You got to throw the chunk of clay on there and you got to begin to form and reform and reshape sometimes, but you don't have to reshape as much as you think. It'd be like an athlete and a boxer. Like when I'm in the ring, it's about slight adjustments. You talk to any UFC fighter, MMA fighter, uh, it's it's not huge adjustments. It's slight adjustments that make all the difference in the world. But let's get to the let's get to the beginning part because this is huge. I just shared this the other day with a group. It's not so much getting the people the people in your organization is what makes the organization. However, it's getting the right people in your organization. So that's part of the interviewing process. So the first three things that I believe you should look at that are an absolute must are number one, is this person a self-starter, right? Is this person I'm like, Hey, I got some energy. I may not have the knowledge yet. I mean, I'm looking forward to you to, to training me, Robert and the team training me, but let me tell you, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm ready to go. I'm a self-starter. Yeah. You get me going, hand me the baton. I'll get it across the line. You're like, okay, that's great. That's great. That's great. Secondly is you got to find out, you know, 
if they truly have an amazing attitude. If their attitude is just like, okay, I'm part of a team. And last but not least, do they have a, a, a history of past success? Because that'll give you some idea, right? Now, this is really key. I love to ask this. Not many people ask this stuff because these are real questions. And then you got to really listen carefully to the responses. First question is, how do you handle success? And how do you handle failure? Now, the key right here is watch out for the me, me, me. I did this if it wasn't for me, right? <laughs> the other side is failure. Man, that owner, you know, I just didn't like him. He was just, he, he, he talked down to all of us and, and he was just a jerk. And, oh, uh, you know, but man, I'm really excited about joining your company. Uh, you're like, there ain't no way you're getting past this front door. So that is a great uh, a great thing to do. And here's yeah. why I like to ask people about how they handle their successes. Because I want to find out if they're humble. I want to find out if they really do care about their teammates, their team members. Do they really respect ownership and leadership? Do they realize that they're a part of an amazing team, right? It'd be like me saying, hey, you know what? I was a self-made boxer. I got to the top because I was willing to grind like nobody else would do. And you know what? That's a crock. Because if it wasn't for Michael Black, it wasn't for all those other guys, Adam Wella, all these other fighters that beat me up every day. I had two guys in college, 178-pounder Don Francesconi and Donnie Cole, 139. And I was fighting at 112, so they beat me up every day. And I guarantee you, when I won that title and got my hand raised, and I was on HBO, I've been telling you, those guys were part of that championship. Yeah, they were on your minds when they ask you, like, who do you give credit to, or like, who do you owe this to, or whatever, how do you feel? Yes. I want to give thanks to my team, my coaches, yes. everyone that helped me get to where I am today. Yeah. Not, I, I did everything <laughs> I love. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like somebody says they're a self-made millionaire. That's, that, that's not true. There are so many other people that you had surrounded yourself that had input. It's the old African proverb, right? You can go fast alone, but you can go further together. Yeah, and that's a great. That's a greater feeling, uh, and and the, and the aspect of of humility is is an absolute must virtue if you're going to succeed in any business endeavor. Now, you know it's interesting you bring up you know uh, the interviewing. I mean, as far as you know, bringing on the right team people, mm -hmm. uh, that is crucial. Uh, and when they and when they answer you, maybe something like this, hey, you know what. I had an owner that I was, uh, you know, working with and a team that I was working with. It started off well, but I started to see some traits that I just didn't like. It was against my character and my strengths of uh, teamwork. And um, uh, look at the owner. Um, they have to make decisions. Uh, I respect that. I just decided it was best for me to make a change. Now, you as the interviewer are going to be a lot more respectful of that. You're going to go, hey, okay, I, I get it. Maybe there's an opportunity to grow with this person. And time usually tells, right? If you're there, if you're there the first two weeks in the month and you start seeing, seeing the, the, the traits of, of, of this person, right? Do they got a good work ethic? 
do they really care about team, right? Here's two areas of great growth. And I got this from a gentleman named Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N. One of my best friends is he, another business owner. Uh, yeah. He always is listening to Jim Rohn. He oh, has like great. remixes where there's like music in the background. Yes. and Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, when I'm working out at the gym, I, I'll be at the gym later on tonight, and I, I get an hour and a half in there, and I listen to Jim Marone. I listen to, uh, I like him. But he said two areas of great growth that you find in people and really listen for it and watch for it. When they're willing to give credit to others where they need none for themselves and be willing to give without expecting anything in return. That's a tough one, that last one. Because if somebody said, why would, I, why would I do that, right? And Jim said, let's say you work for an organization and you were the first one in and the last one out, but you still got paid the same. But that work ethic that you had created, that pattern of always doing more than what you're asked to do so that someday you're paid more for what you do, that philosophy, another Jim Rohn philosophy there that I said, Always do more than what you're asked to do so that someday you're paid more for what you do. If that organization belly undered, guess what? Some other organization is going to be the true beneficiary of your fire, determination, work ethic, value that you have created. Because we all get paid in this world according to the value that we bring to an industry, a market, a company, or a customer. That's how we get paid. Your business is no different. You've created a great value, a great value, which has taken time. No overnight sensation. I always tell people, instant coffee never tastes like really good coffee. <laughs> right? There's a process on how these beans are uh, cured. And, and then, man, when they go into this grinding process and they're pressed properly and, and you can just taste it. And when you taste it, it's like, yeah, baby. And instant coffee, you're like, Phew. <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute so no instant success in life right never and i back to the pottery thing you know what i love about potters is you start with just a hunk of clay and i had a ceramics class in high school when you brought that up i wanted to hit on that that was one of my most fun classes around because it gave me an opportunity as an athlete to get out of that athletic mindset and get into the creative artistic side of it and i love shaping it I made these little bowls and goblets and stuff, and I couldn't wait to, you know, get get it into the kiln and you know, you know, put all my, uh, you know, cobalt glaze. blue on it, glaze yeah. on it, my cobalt yeah. blue. That was my favorite color in there. Yeah, so I had a lot of fun with that. You and, have a great uh, memory. <laughs> oh yeah, well that, that that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. you know, I, I'm I'm pretty fortunate. Um, you know, I, I've got a, a wonderful family. I've, I grew up in a wonderful family, and I had great coaches that pushed me to levels that I never thought I was capable of and got me to believe in myself. And uh, I just want to continue sharing that with others today. And I, I really make a point to try to elevate people's game. And I'm not always the best at it. Uh, I'll be up front. I'm not always the best at it, but I, I sure uh, have that upbeat attitude to get right back into it. I have little triggers that if I get too down, I get back up fast. So anyway, there you go. Well, well okay. That's interesting. Because I have triggers and I guess we all do. It's a, like a relatively new phenomenon. Where I'm triggered or whatever. But yeah. it, it, I, I, it, you know, and at first I'm like, oh, you're just weak. Quit being weak. But then I find I, mean, I get triggered from time to time for whatever it might be yeah. that'll bring me down. And 
I guess the way I get out of it is through I'll, like exercise a lot of times, maybe some meditation or something to just kind of like snap me out of it. Yeah. I don't, what, I don't know. I was going to ask like, what do you do? Well, I know. I think I probably go right back to the, uh, the fundamentals. I've come to find anything in athletics and life or come back to the basic fundamentals. So for example, when you're, when you're living a good life versus maybe living a bad life, it always comes about down to people, places, and things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. People, places, and things. Where are you going? What are you doing? How are you getting there? I always think of Rudyard Kipling, the great British author who had six best friends that never let him down. And their names were who, what, when, where, why, and how. And I think it's like writing a paper or who's on your team and figuring out how you're going to get to the top and what are you going to do? When are you going to do it? Who are you going to do it with? So when I, I think about those things, when you're, when you're struggling, you've got to ask yourself, okay, did I get away from my daily disciplines, which is usually the case, Yeah. right? Getting away from the daily disciplines. And again, the fundamentals of saying, doing what I have to do when I have to do it, even when I don't feel like doing it, that's it. That right there is the formula for me. Don't want to exercise. Later on, Robert, you might go, hey, I don't feel like it, but you're going to do it. You know why? Because you've conditioned your mind, right? It's an induced state of mind. That's what a good attitude is. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's an induced state of mind. I'm making a choice to get out of the funk and get into the game. Yeah. I'm making a choice right now not to make an excuse, but to say, I'm going to do something about it. So excuses to me are the nails that build houses of failure. And if you're not careful, as my friend Clay Guida's brother, Jason Guida said, you'll soon have a mansion built. Now, I, isn't that great? Yeah. I mean, I was, I met with Jason. I was, I've, I've become good friends with Clay. Not like we're hanging out barbecuing every day or fishing together, but we're, we're pretty close when it comes to uh, staying in touch with each other. And uh, I met him multiple times. He does the introduction to my website. Yeah, and, I saw, uh, I read that. Yeah. I mean, that's a, uh, he's a Hall of Famer yeah. and just yeah, he's all-time good. great. Yeah. It's just a, just a great guy. I don't know if you've ever met him. And no. He was just such a great guy. And all the guys over at Team Alpha Male for that. For that, uh, you know, they're they're, yeah. they're all upbeat, pretty enthusiastic. Yeah, that's where I met Dave. Dave's a phenomenal guy. I know. So, yeah, and we uh, brought him on, and he has a great attitude. And oh I, I yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I go back to I go back to those. Uh, Clay's brother said it, and he nailed it. We were upstairs, and the guys were drilling in the octagon, and I had finished up giving a talk down below with a group of about forty people, fighters, and so I'm up there talking with Jason. First time I got to meet him. And we got talking and I mentioned that quote, that excuses are the nails that build houses of failure. And that was the end of my quote, right? And he said, yeah. And if you're not careful, you'll soon have a mansion built. I said, dude, I'm stealing that without apologizing. Picasso said, amateurs borrow, professionals steal without apologizing. I'm taking that one. He goes, go, go for it. So I said, I'm going to invoice you. I mean, you'll have to invoice me to get, you know, you're going to make some money off that one. And he yeah, laughed that, really hard. That's you know, a solid. That's, that's a addition. solid one, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, so, I mean, I have a my team, I have a team of about seven people and, and they're all, none of them really ever worked in the real world. They all kind of started with Sheath and yeah. it was like 
family, friends, whoever was willing and wanting to work for free for a while, which most of them did. And then now, you know, 10 years later, we are paying them and they have salaries and benefits and, and it's great. I, but I still want more from them. And I think they all do pretty good actually. But I, you know, like how, what's a good book maybe to, in, I'll preface this. We constantly, re, we're constantly reading books as a team. Like we just yes. finished Who Moves, Who Moved My Cheese. Right now we're reading Delivering, Delivering Happiness by Tony Huish, who started Zappos. And I was thinking about the um, Jocko Willink uh, Extreme Ownership. Yep. Yeah. But do you, what, what book would you recommend we read as a team? Just off the top. Well, there's, I think as a team, here's one that's going to be, I think this is a good one. There's two books that I like when you're, when you know there's more in you and you need to get the potential out. Uh, there's two that I like. Uh, one is uh, No Excuses by Brian Tracy. Okay. And he really hits on that. And he, he, he doesn't cut corners. He just tells it like it is. Max Out by Ed Milet is one. Ed is is M-Y-L-E-T-T, last the spelling. Um, Max out. He's got this new book called The Power of One More. And that's a, that's a great, that's a great theme right there. Because the power of one more is what you and I are talking about right now. Is how can you get more out of your team? And you can get more out of your team when you challenge them to commit themselves to becoming more than what they are. You cannot become who you want to become by remaining who you are right? You have so much more potential team members in this room. You've only ve- barely tapped it. Like this exposure today being with an awesome interviewer like you, Robert, uh, this is just so cool because so, your, your style is so laid back and I love it. And it opens up for a great dialogue here, but I, I love it because it allows me to grow. You see, if you plateau out, you're done. Complacency becomes the thief of all future achievements. It robs you. It suffocates you. It's like that great mixed martial artist that lures you into that cobra-like move and then strikes. And the next thing you know, you're tapping out. (laughs) And you wake up and you go, that was one heck of a dream. What happened to me? Right? (laughs) So the key is you always have to be the infinite game, Simon Sinek. School never gets out. You know, you got a road, you got two. You know what I like about his book? At the very beginning of that book, The Infinite Game, he says, you come to a fork in the road, there's two paths. The path of fulfillment or the path of winning. And so we all think about winning, right? Winning's a great thing. But again, going back to what I said earlier, hitting the goal is a great thing, but it's what you had to become in the process of achieving it. You had to become someone you were never before. You never were that person before, Right? You want to achieve things you've never achieved before? You're going to have to become someone you've never been before. You did in the Army. Your, your leaders made you become somebody that you weren't. And it took you to a level. Now you understand the value of grind, discipline, teamwork, and continual involve, evolving into yes. something more and better. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not to be greedy. People think it's like, oh, how much money can you make? I always say don't do it for the money. Do it for what you're going to do with the money. Mm-hmm. Huge difference, right? Totally. Huge difference. Yeah. I so mean, those and, two books. Anyway, yeah. Well, now I was going to say, like, I 
all I want to, I love to work. I, you know, even if I had, you know, 10 million or a hundred million, I think I would still be pushing the envelope in the, when it comes to business, because I enjoy it. That's my fun. You know what I mean? Like I can Absolutely. only go relax yeah. and ha- you know, do uh, recreational things for so long before I'm like, but this is, I mean, this is fun, but I, the real fun is, is, business and challenging yeah yeah Yeah. achievement yeah isn't there something when you i don't know about you i'll ask you because i know once i get into the flow of the day of like what like in the morning my mindset how i start is so important it's like an athlete right how you prep how you prepare how you prep for anything determines where you're going right and how you're going to get there and when you get there are you going to be where you want to be and so I'm always looking at like, okay, once I get in, oh man, the energy starts going. And I just get into this flow, this tempo, the state of mind. It's like when I go hit the speed bag and I'll do that later tonight. Nice. I get into this flow and my mind is like that of a musician, a composer. I just get into this tempo and all of a sudden so many business ideas come into my mind. And then also, I'm like, man, I got to put that in my phone, you know, and then I, and then I got to write this down or whatever. So, yeah, so there, for, for, for a lot of us, it may be different, but we're all similar this way. When we get into that state of flow, look out world. It's like you cannot be beat. You feel like you are on top of the world. And that is the feeling that you should have because it's tough to get through the grind of the day, Right. Darren Hardy, who wrote a book called The Compound Effect, said it best. To be successful in anything, it's arduous, tedious, laborious, and all of the above. <laughs> you know, I, I could tell you that it's, it, it's you know, like Rocky. It's all, you know, sunshine and glory and roses. I love and all, it. Whatever, yeah, I don't know, whatever That's he said again. But quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, isn't it great? Isn't it great? I, I just love it because it isn't. The people that are recognized publicly are those who are privately on a daily basis, going about their business in a way that others aren't willing to do, right? And that's the test. Ray Kroc had a great quote, and this is one to keep. This is a keeper, and I use this in the talks. McDonald's, go ahead. McDonald's, Ray Kroc. He says, as long as you're green, you can still grow. It's when you ripe is when you begin to rot. Nice. Oh, man. Like me just saying that right now, I got goosebumps going all up and down my arms because I'm telling you, that is the truest statement I've ever heard. When you think you've arrived and you're something, guess what? You're now ready for the downfall. Mm-hmm. You're ready to fall. I've been there. I've done it. And so I'm a, I'm a great person to talk about it. I was having a lot of success in a certain area and financially getting there. And I started to manage my money and manage my business got my tail handed to me regroup baby regroup so i had to go back to the mindset of of my athletic background which helps me tremendously it's like no excuses danny get up you got people that believe in you got people that are counting on you see that's the one thing in a team that i like and i'd like to share with you and you got it sounds like you've got a pretty cool team and you want them to continue to grow and one of the things that i say to them is they should just make a personal commitment to say you know, how great of a salesperson or how great of a leader can I be? Instead, start asking you this question, asking yourself this question. How far can I go? 
instead of how great I can be, how far can I go as a leader, as a salesperson, as a uh, father, uh, a, a coach, whatever, right? Because our job as coaches is to get our teams to believe in themselves and their potential and to have them visualize the experiences that they will have. One of my favorite books I've ever read, it's right behind me. It's uh, called uh, Empires of the Mind, written by Dr. Dennis Waitley. And in that book, he has one quote, and I've never forgotten it, and I think about it every single day. It's, who you see is who you'll be. Think about that. Who yeah. you see is who you'll be, right? What do you want to become? Uh, it took me a second to process yeah, that because yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. who I mean because if you look in the mirror you see but who you yeah. see in your mind yeah 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 like who you want yeah. to be or whatever type of, yeah, yeah yeah so that's one that kind of just digest and meditate on a little bit there but I, I always like that that's not getting too far out there I'm just thinking in the reality of, of seeing who you you know where you want to be that's that's really what hitting a goal is Tony Robbins says it's just taking the invisible and turning it into the visible. Right? The invisible, turning it into the visible. And, and he's a guy, I, I do some following because I like about him. He's no nonsense and he doesn't make excuses for himself. He says, you know, I get down like anybody else. I get depressed. He says, but my depression lasts one minute because I've allowed myself to be depressed. I, he goes, I do. He says, I allow myself to be super depressed for that one minute, but no more. Whoa. Isn't that something? Because I don't know, like, I get in those areas that it takes me a little bit to get out, but I don't let it last long. And I think about what he says. Yeah. I wonder what it's like, what could you possibly have to be depressed about? <laughs> I, know. I know. Which goes to show you, right? Uh, money. Success. All of it. Yes. What does it really mean? Right. What is success? Right. Jim Marone says success is what you attract by the person you become. That's a great, that's a great point. He's right. Yeah. By the person you become, wh what do you want to be? Who do you want to be? And, and so it, it's, it's an ongoing work. It, you know, we're, again, back to what I said at the very beginning of the, of the interview. And that was, Hey, you know, we're all a work in progress. Yeah. I'm no better than anybody else. The only thing that makes me different or makes you different from me or anyone else is that, we're keeping our eye on the prize. And what is the prize? The prize is let's continue to grow daily. Let's empower the, 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 the lives of others that we surround ourselves. Let's play a role in the big picture, right? And uh, have fun doing it. Uh, and keep going, you know, have fun doing it. Yeah. I mean, because then there's all these different areas of life. You have your friendships and your business yeah, yeah. and your physical fitness and marriage, kids, and like, I feel like I neglect a lot of my friendships, unfortunately, due to my just focusing on the business and then I'm yeah. married and yeah. um, I need to have balance. That might be something to look into a little bit better, you know. Yeah, well, you know, I think we're all on that journey of trying to find the balance. Robert, I, I agree there. You know, I once heard Darren Hardy say it's hard to be balanced because you're feeding something while you're starving something. Yeah. Right? But I, I believe getting back to the things that we'll, we'll cherish the most, and that would be uh, the humans that are in our lives, the uh, our, uh, in our spouses or friends, our, our children, 
you can't get those times back. I know there's multiple times I'd love to have over again. You can't. You can't beat yourself about the past. You gotta. You gotta deal with the present. John C. Maxwell put it best. Right. Uh, yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's never promised. But today, each and every one of us gets to create their very own masterpiece. Gosh. Yeah, man, you are. I have no. I couldn't even. But you have so many quotes. I've read a lot of books. I mean, like Think and Grow Rich was my kind of Bible. And Napoleon, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the best. And then I've read like all of his books and like The Secret and uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's books. I've been yeah, reading. yeah. And I, I mean, I've, it looks like all of your books are of this yeah. kind of genre. And I love them. I'll yeah. be reading yeah. the stories of the achievements of others in the past and I'll cry yeah. because it's just like you know, the odds were against them. They yeah. shouldn't have made it. And they did. You know, you know, I'm glad to hear you bring that up because you talk about some of those people, uh, that were, so I'm, I'm 64. I'm coming up on 65 here in early August. Uh, and I feel, uh, I still got a lot of energy and God willing, hopefully I'll have a, a lot more life to, to live and with family and see grandkids grow and develop and all that good stuff. Right. And still have a lot of fun times in the business world. But one of the things I often think about is those early days of pioneering the business and learning the struggles of sales and just understanding how a business works. And those were some of the people, Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, you know, Earl Nightingale from yes. Conant. This is Earl Nightingale. You become who you think about every day. You know? Good. You know, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah. And I still listen to him sometimes. I catch some of his stuff. And I, I mean, it's amazing, right? It's amazing. Ogmandino. That's a great book. The greatest salesman in the world. Okay. What a journey. Read his story. I won't get into it in depth, but oh, Robert, read his story. It'll bring you to tears. Read his bio. It will bring you to tears. Ogmandino. Ogmandino. O-G. And then it's Mandino. M-A-N-D-I-N-O. And he wrote a book called um, The uh, uh, Greatest Salesman Part Two, also. Uh, and I love one of his vows of success in there. And when you when you get that and you check into it, it's pretty cool. We are born to succeed, not to fail. Born to triumph, not to bow our head in defeat. We are born to toast victories, not to whimper and whine. Wow. And I've never forgotten that. It's like, man, you know, this guy came really close to take in one of the most, well, the most treasured gift in, in the world, our life. He came very close to taking his life. And when you read his story, uh, I mean, I know I was, I was, I was like, man, whew, that, that, it was a tough one. It was great for me to read it because I realized that, you know what, no matter how tough things get, no matter how tough things get, make a call to somebody, talk to them. How you doing? Lift their hearts up. If you're even thinking about somebody that's a little down and out in the business right now, get on your phone, call them and say, hey, I was thinking about you. I was thinking about you. Um, recently had a, had a young man uh, that I uh, uh, used to coach and stuff. And, you know, uh, a lot of young men, you know, going through tough times and stuff. Yes. So, you know, there's, you know, call these people, say, hello, how you doing? You know, what's going on? How you making it through, right? So mm. there you go. And, yeah, uh, it's crazy how many people are like so 
like destitute. I don't know if that's the wrong right word, yeah. but you know, like they just don't feel like they can yeah. overcome what challenges they're facing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're, we all got our daily battles, and so in that regards, it's nice when you can uh, have a, a group of friends. We become the average, they say. Yes. Of the five people we decide to spend our time with, right? So yeah. I like to I like to um, fly with the eagles. Yes. Yeah. But I love to help those that are are struggling too, because I know the struggles and, uh, you know, again, I'm not like, Oh, poor me, poor me, because guess what? There's people that got, it. it's really tough. Like you said, uh -huh. destitute and they have it tough. So all I can say is I hope that they, if you get a chance, lift somebody up. How's that? Yeah. Because they might, you might need somebody to lift you up at some yeah. point. And, and yeah. I, I did find myself, recently being like i don't want to hang out with the like depressed people i'm trying to hang like fly with the eagles and yeah, you know, yeah. Be, but you know just having your perspective mentioning you know but it is you do need to help those when you have the opportunity or that you can i guess because we all need help sometimes and that's right that's it's right. all a give and take this life it's not all a boy isn't it isn't street. it yeah Hey Robert, you know what I was gonna I was gonna ask you is, uh, did you actually do some uh, uh, mixed martial arts yourself? I mean, I've trained, I practice, and I've been doing it since I was about twenty in my living ah, room. Great, great, yeah. great, great. Yeah, and then when I joined the army, I noticed I learned that they had the combatives program, which is basically jujitsu, and I was really excited yeah. about that. So I got involved in, in that as much as I could. And when I got out, I, I just, I've been, I've trained at many gyms over oh, the years. Wonderful. Yeah. That's I love great. it. I just got into boxing not too long ago and I, cause I always kind of thought it was just for like brutes and you're, you're like, no offense, but I was thinking like they weren't that smart for some reason. <laughs> no, no offense taken. I, I think it's great. I thought, uh, but you then you, the pugilistic background hurts you, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But I, when I, and, practicing and just learning the combos it's like okay you try it then if you think you're so smart oh i'll tell Very you mental. It, yeah it's Cerebral. a science yes it's a science the art to hit and not get hit and the ability to shift and control the weight dis distribution aspect of your body it could be just a little slight adjustment right boom 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 an angle that creates someone to miss or you can hit mm -hmm. and i love the science of it and I love the mental aspect of it that you're in a chess game with someone. Mm -hmm. You just happen to have gloves on, a mouthpiece, a headgear. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then, then okay. and then you get the, the the beautiful feeling of the you know the connection. Yes. Uh, even just hitting pads, I love yeah. that, and the exertion. You, the, uh, you just feel really good afterwards. I always feel adrenaline's good. flowing, huh? The adrenaline's flowing. You're moving. You got tempo. You got rhythm. That's what I'm talking about. Again, later on today, I'll just be hitting the speed bag and the big bag, and do I do a lot of shadow boxing, and I do the shadow boxing to keep my little cardio going, my hand speed going, and so that, that gives me the energy to get through the rest of the day, or, or you know, and get ready for the next day. Do you so, have it in your gym? You have like, I mean, no. like a garage or whatever. Well, I don't. I, I have a gym. So we live in a small little gated community here. And I go literally out of the gate and go about a mile at the most. And I'm at the gym. I'm at the gym. That's nice. So, and it's got all that stuff upstairs. So I'm one of the guys that's up there doing it. And then I do my lifting down below. But oh, it's a great, it's a great thing. And it, it keeps my mind, keeps my mind 
sharp and and, and alive. I know you don't probably spar, but you do. You, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you still like hit pads with people or just do kind of the solo workout? Solo, solo. Okay. Now, if I was in an environment where they had that, I probably would get in and spar a little bit. Uh, I, I'd be up to it. I, yeah. I, I definitely would do it. Uh, but uh, no, I just, I just like to keep myself, uh, you know, kind of tone and 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 tight and and. and you know, somewhat feeling good. And then I just love to keep the reflexes and the mind sharp. Right. That, and that the, keep the body in shape. Yeah. They don't, people don't realize maybe that that is good for your mind. You know, it's like medicine. Or for oh, the mind. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I gotta, I gotta say, uh, I'm talking with you today and, uh, and, and hearing, and hearing you, Give me your feelings about certain things in your life have helped me today to, to say, hey, you know what? Uh, it's okay sometimes to, to sit there and say, I doubted myself. I'm human. Or I used to not be very good at this, and now I've gotten better at it, right? And we just ex need to expose ourselves to those areas. So we go, hey, and that's what I was talking about earlier. People don't do certain things because they fear it. They fear the things that might happen that will never happen. And they end up laying in bed in the fetal position, sick to their stomach, right? And it becomes mm -hmm. debilitating. Instead of saying, you know what? I'm going to take, I'm going to find out what this fear is. Matter of fact, I, 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 I'm going I'm to discipline myself to not only understand what the fear is, but I'm going to take action. I'm going to actually do discipline action. It's a state of mind. Okay, why not me? If somebody else can do it, why not me? Right? Why not me? Exactly. My daughter, in 2008, my daughter said one day, she goes, Dad, I think you should do motivational speaking, inspirational speaking. She goes, I listen to you talk to the wrestlers at the high school. They're fired up. They get out there and they're hustling. They just, their eyes are big. They're listening to you. Their ears are open. And I said, Alice, you know what? Last night I had a dream. I was in front of the entire high school at my high school, Pleasant Hill High School, which is now closed. And I, the whole gymnasium was filled with people. I'm giving a talk and they're going crazy. They're on their feet clapping. Now, I can't even remember what I was saying, Robert. But I told Alice, I said, I had a dream last night. She goes, Dad, I'm telling you, you should do this. I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because I was afraid to do it. Of course. And uh, three days later, I'm driving a client on some business. He says, I'm going to sit in the back of the car working on my computer. And I'm going to have you talk with this uh, gentleman named Mikey Medeiros. He sounded like Joe Pesci. And Mikey be in the front seat going, hey, Danny, Danny, what book are you reading right now? Come on, tell me, tell me. You know, and I was laughing so hard. And I said, okay, I'm reading the book, The Little Red Book of Sales. He goes, okay, get, 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 get to the meat. Get to the meat of it. You know, typical guy like he'd be up for the Northeast, right? He yeah. says, get, get to the meat of it. I said, okay, personal philosophy drives attitude. Attitude drives actions. Actions drives results. And results gives you your lifestyle. And all of a sudden, I see the computer in the rearview mirror. The computer come down, and the owner pops his head up, and he says, can you repeat that? And I did. He goes, what do you eat, man? What do you drink? I want some of it. Yeah. I said, I go, I, I eat and drink you. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, you're my purpose. You're my passion. My my job is to help help you win today. Wow. And, so, and he goes, you know, I've never said this before to any salesperson that was taking me to, to go see some equipment. He says, but I'm buying from you today. 
And I said, well, I appreciate that. He said, you just treat me fairly on the price and the, pro- and the machinery and I'll, and I'll buy from you. And I said, great. He goes, but I want to talk to you about something more important. We got done, dropped off uh, Joe Pesci, Mikey Medeiros. We get in his office and Rick Jennings, who's a good friend of mine today, and we still do personal growth together. And he said, Danny, I need you to talk to my company. Now stop and think about that for a moment, Robert. And that's something mm-hmm. I have a dream. My daughter says to do this, encourages me to do it. And then this customer says, I need to do it. He goes, just treat me fairly on the price. I'd like to do it in about two weeks. You know, put something together for me. I got home. I went to my office that was in the classroom that we had for the kids. And I got on the whiteboards and started working out my very first motivational talk, inspirational talk. Isn't that something? That's how everything has a start. Pretty Uh cool. Uh, yeah, and the synchronicity of the your daughter mentioning it to you, and the kind of it like gives you more of a motivation or impetus to act when you feel like the universe is conspiring with you. Yeah. Oh, you got and you've got to take action, right? Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Most people, this is what I love right here. This and uh, boy, if there's something the audience gets from this, I, this would be a good way to kind of tie it all up, really. Yes. Yeah. And that is. Be careful that you don't become, because you read a lot and study or listen to audios, and you get inspired, you get motivated, right? Be careful that you don't become the most knowledgeable, enthusiastic, underachiever. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't take action, you'll never know. It's the boxer that does everything else but doesn't get in the ring and really tests himself, right? And so there you go. Get on the mat. Get in the fight and get in the, and match, get in the game, the yeah. get on the court and you're going to get humbled. You're going to get beat up. You're going to get slapped. Listen, I've been pinned in front of people and I've been knocked down and I'll tell you it's embarrassing, but the one thing I never did is I never quit. And it's what you said in your, and I was reading a little bit about uh, in your, in your LinkedIn and your bio a little bit about when you read Napoleon Hill, you just can't quit. Right. You said that you said you can't quit, right? You got, you got to fight. You got to go on. There you go. I love it. I will. We can end on that note because that's, yeah, once you quit, it's over. So just don't quit. Don't give up. Keep uh, growing. Even when you get knocked down, like Rocky said, just keep getting back up and fighting and you'll yeah. make it. Yeah. Well, you know what? Thank you for that reminder too, because as much of I in the fight game, in the fight game of life, it is so awesome to hear you say that right at the end there too. Don't give up. I feel like you're coaching me. You see, that's what <laughs> you're, like, you're like, you're like my coach like my coach and, and, and i will i will say for for a fact that if you've got coaches and people that believe in you and they actually say that word to you those words i believe in you it's amazing what can be accomplished i had one coach look me right in the eye at the ncaa division two national championships tap me on the shoulder he's my junior college coach hadn't seen bob erickson for a while we turn around and he looks at me he goes danny shook my hand he said danny i always knew you would make it son i always knew you would make it here Wow, that belief system that he had in me, you see, and it inspired me to go on and do more in life. Anyway, there you go. Well, I believe wow. in you, Dan Prado. I- right on, Robert. I believe in you, man. I believe in you, man. And let's keep winning together. You know, I always say to people, uh, you know, until we meet again, keep on winning in the game of life. And welcome to the House of Champions, where champions yeah. get to learn and, 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 and respect one another. I love it. All right, I love man. it.